Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Matt D. Fothery, Lee Boyd, and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another edition of FNO InsureTech with your host, Lee Boyd, and me, his sidekick, <laughs> Rob Beller. And today we do a media episode. What do you think about that? Yeah. We have a we have a media guy on. We have Matthew Allen from Adjuster TV. And mm-hmm. that's kind of cool to have a media type on. Tell us about uh, Matt Allen. I think it's yeah, I think it's great. Uh, Matt Allen, I have I've known about him for a long time. He has a website called Adjuster TV and a great YouTube channel. And he really focuses on the independent adjuster space about educating them, about bringing them the newest. Uh, information out there and even about intro tech and he's a he's a really nice guy and uh, he has a he has a mission to make sure that independent adjusters have the tools and the capabilities to do the best that they can and so i'm excited i'm excited to talk to him about how how the independent adjusters are using intro tech and how intro tech is affecting their their work processes cool well um we work with adjusters a lot. They're kind of the lifeblood of our business. And yes, um, that is true. And we're very active in InsureTech and using InsureTech tools and marrying up those two communities. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to hear from the other side. I agree. I'm very excited about it. So without further ado, let's go to our interview with Matt Allen, CEO and founder of Adjuster TV. Hey, everybody, we're here with our guest today, another media titan like ourselves. Like how I called us a media <laughs> titan there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like no, that, this somebody's actually way more serious about media than we are. We have Matthew Allen, CEO and founder of Adjuster TV. Welcome to our podcast, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys. This is really cool. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Where do we find you today? So, uh, my wife and I live in Whitefish, Montana, up in the northwest corner. Uh, it's beautiful Flathead Valley up here. Flathead Lake is up here, and we've got a couple of ski hills within about 20, 25 minutes away from the house. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful spot up here. We'd been full-time in an RV for several years and decided that we kind of wanted to settle down in this area. So here we are. Cool. That's it's wonderful. beautiful up there. It's God's country. It really is. No question. Are you a fisherman? Yeah, uh, I fish, but I'm I've got plans to get to go into one of these shops and grab a guy and say, "Hey, listen, take me out," because I haven't done I've I've never fly fished before, so I haven't really fished for any any kind of fish up here. It's usually catfish and crappie and stuff like that down in the Midwest. Well, we're thrilled to have you with us today, and why don't you tell our audience what is Adjuster TV and what do you do and and what's your purpose and who's your audience and so on and so forth. Give us a couple of minutes on Adjuster TV. Sure. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I started Adjuster TV as kind of a way I've been in a, let's start from the kind of the beginning. I've been a, a property adjuster since 1999 and I've done almost nothing except for cat property in the field. 
uh, for all those years. And I know you guys are adjusters and you've been on hurricanes and when you walk into an orientation and you see brand new people in there who are looking like they're completely lost and then you don't see them again, they might get, you know, 70 claims dropped in their lap or whatever, especially when it's those big hurricane events and they can't handle it and they either get kicked off the storm or they wash out. And I don't personally feel that that's something that should happen as much as it, as it does. And at least back then is, was my feeling on it. And so I had written a book about 10 years ago, covering all the bases that I thought a, a new person would need to know who is, you know, maybe doesn't have all the time in the world to go get trained up and, and to go to, you know, an in-person adjuster school or, or do any of that stuff. They just get the call. It's, you know, it's warm bodies. I want that person to be successful or have a better chance at being successful. So I put together a kind of a little short ebook, sort of outlining the steps of what they need to do to get ready and what they need, what they can expect when they get on a storm and kind of put that on the shelf for a while. And, and I love working cat. So I was always working cat. So I would work on this kind of in the off season and like, you know, then when the storm season would hit, then it would get in, on the back burner or get forgotten about until the, the next, you know, holiday season or whatever. And so one year I was just like, you know what? I've really liked doing video. I have a, a background in video production before I was an adjuster. And I think I can put these two things together. I think it might be the best way. I mean, video is a, is a really, really engaging medium that I think is, you know, podcasting and audio is wonderful, but I think, you know, people will reach for videos for like how-to stuff and gear mm-hmm. reviews and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm going to, let's just almost start a YouTube channel. I'll put up a website and see what happens. I just try to like knock out some content every single week. And I've done it every single week since it was two years ago in February. And it's just, it's kind of grown and morphed a little bit. And I feel like at this point where Adjuster TV really is heading is to be kind of a premier resource for video content for our industry, right? So it's, it's not like a a webpage where you just go and check out some news headlines and it's, and it's not, you know, a social media thing. It's, Every week, we're going to try to get out some relevant stuff that insurance adjusters, field adjusters, you know, need to know, want to know, stuff to inspire them, stuff to educate them, stuff to, you know, inform them. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I've gotten a lot of really good feedback. Uh, like the community has grown pretty, pretty quickly and fairly significantly, I think, considering the size of the niche that we're in, right. um, it's doing pretty well. And I've been getting a lot of really positive response from IA firms and gear makers and other companies and software companies that service our industry. They really they like what we're doing. Um, I'm trying to keep things, I, I naturally as a customer service person, you know, I think there's a place for like brutal honesty, but it's not really, that place isn't really in like a customer service scenario. And so I sure. kind of like to carry that over into Adjuster TV you know, everybody's got opinions about stuff, but we're not going to talk about politics. We're not going to talk about, you know, what's going on in like the real news. We're going to talk about what's going on in claims world and see how we can, you know, especially with news items and the way technology is moving so quickly these days, how can we benefit from that? How can we use that to, to better service our customers, which are the insureds, which is our IA firms that we work for as field adjusters. And, you know, probably most importantly, the carrier, you know, are we able to get out there and be, uh, a resource that they can count on to do a great job uh, as much as possible with great customer service and a great file quickly. And that's kind of everything all kind of ties together into that's sort of like the 
the the vision behind Adjust Your TV is to try to increase that level of quality cool. that the carriers and their customers are getting from independent adjusters. And that's kind of, that's what I'm pushing hard for. That's great. Yeah. I have a couple of questions sure. uh, about that. Number one is you talked you, about the number of independent adjusters. It's always something that we are curious about we wonder about do you have any kind of census on how many independent adjusters are there out there do you guys have any kind of sense of that well i mean i don't know if i can base it off of my audience necessarily because my audience is there are some experienced adjusters or veteran adjusters who might poke in there and watch a couple of funny videos or a gear video or something like that um, the vast majority of the people that are that watch my YouTube videos are either exploratory, you know, kind of tire kicking. The, the, they heard about it from somebody or it kind of popped up in their search when they were looking for like, a, you know, how can I make more money from work from home or whatever kind of a thing. So it's a little bit varied in that way. But, I, you know, every month the videos on Adjuster TV get about 17, 18,000 views, which is clearly, obviously, it's going to be one person watching more than one video. Um, it's not 18,000 people. Um, However, it's uh, thousands and thousands. Well, well, yeah, you you have five, almost six thousand subscribers. I do, yeah. So we're just, I mean, probably about right as we record this, about fifty subscribers away from a six thousand subscriber yeah. mark. And subscribers are about thirty-five percent of the people who watch the videos, the other 65% are not unsubscribed. They don't subscribe or they don't know how to, or they don't want to or whatever. So it's, that's only, you know, a third, about a third of the people that actually, you know, are, all, are in there. So. Well, I think it's a question that comes up that we frequently talk about with carriers because they're curious, you know, how, how big is the pool? We talk about right. the pool. And of course, as, as we know, there's many factors that uh, determine how big the pool is at any one time. Sure not, the, for sure. not the least of which is more work equals bigger pool. But we're often curious about that. And the other, my other question to you real quickly is, as an independent adjuster, who do you view as your customer? Is it the, is it the carrier, the insured, the IA company? What's the viewpoint from an IA? I'll put it this way. I won't try to speak for other people because I know like in my career, it's, that's evolved, certainly. From the, the very beginning, the customer is the insured. And everybody else is, you know, somebody I have to deal with, right? As a brand spanking new person with no customer service skills. It didn't take too many years for me to figure out that if I started to treat everybody as my customer, like treat them like they're literally my actual, everybody's the insured, that my interactions went a lot better. Negotiations with contractors went a lot better. The relationships that I developed with my IA firms and the car their carrier partners, um, definitely improved when I started to kind of cultivate a, you know, everybody is my customer. Customer service is the number one thing. All everything that we do supports is, is supportive of customer service. Faster cycle time supports customer service. More accurate file supports customer service. So all that stuff goes together. And so I view my job, you know, ultimately as, you know, as a customer service person, as kind of supporting the relationship between the carrier and their customer no matter if I'm having to, you know, if there's damage that's excluded that we can't take care of or not, I want to handle claims as though, you know, I'm there to make sure that that relationship stays intact and that it is, you know, if we can't pay for something, that there's a reason for it and here are some options and et cetera. So uh, yeah, as far as customer service goes, I, I always say, and whenever I speak or, you know, I've got a bunch of videos on this, everybody's my customer, even roofing contractors are my customer. 
Yeah, I would imagine roofing contractors watch your, watch your stuff all the time. Yeah, but I treat them like a, a customer. Well, that's true. As an IA, I mean, anybody you deal with, right? Yeah. Anybody you come in contact with has the potential to help or hinder the process. And so why not, why not treat them all right? Exactly. So I'm, I'm looking through the website on uh, YouTube. First off, your website is great. Uh, okay. You have all sorts of things on there. Uh, you have adjuster resources, you have licensing links, you have news, uh, and then you have Xactimate. And I'm looking on Adjuster TV on YouTube and I see training and I see lots of really good training. And in fact, I see the subtitle of the one piece of software to rule them all, speed and efficiency and Xactimate is crucial to your success as a cat adjuster. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Where's some ability in all of this? What is your <laughs> what is your thought on educating on Xactimate, but not on Simbility? Well, I, I will say it's not a matter of me like choosing one over the other. Um, I have talked to folks at those other companies, Simsol and Simbility. I think it's was it CoreLogic or something that's uh-huh. yeah, CoreLogic bottom. Mm-hmm. At the at this moment, it's it's been really more a matter of like scheduling and trying to get the right person on the phone at the right time and, and to figure out something something that we can do to kind of get the word out about those other pieces of software, which are definitely, I mean, they've been around for a long time just as well. And they're definitely used. I mean, there's, there's some carriers I've been, as far as I know, what I've been told is that who don't like to use Xactimate at all, they'll prefer to use one of those other guys. So it's, it's, it's not a matter of like picking and choosing necessarily. Um, It's just a matter of like having an opportunity to put something together for those other guys. Cause again, I mean, you know, those, those, they are important. um, And Adjusters right. really need to have a diverse skill set and and, a, and have the ability to use different tools because um, that'll improve their abilities to get deployed for sure. Yeah, and that was the question really is, what do you think about educating yourself as an adjuster? Should they be educated in, in both major platforms? I would say in the property world, you have uh, Simbility, you have Exact, and then you have some others. But those are the major platforms that I look at. Do you encourage an adjuster to get educated in both of those platforms? Well, I will say I, I haven't like overtly done that. No. Um, however, I, I think in kind of in my experience, and this may be a little bit, of, a, a little piece of it is that I, you get, you build, you develop a relationship with an IA firm and in doing so generally, you'll also develop a relationship with the carrier cat team. And so you'll find yourself working for the same people all the time. So years can go by where you've, you're working with the same IA firm you know, field cat team and the same carrier cat team and you're using Xactimate and I'm not even thinking about using anything else and those right. opportunities aren't popping up all the time. Um, so it would be, I, I guess it it's challenging to sort of fit that in, um, especially if you do get kind of like locked into to one carrier and one IA firm where they're just, they just keep you so busy why bother learning those other pieces of software and, and, right. and to be, not, to, not to be like flip about it, but um, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, the end of the season, you go and visit friends and family over the holidays and then you do some CE in January and February and then you're back out, you know, doing water losses and wind claims till hail season starts. So, well, you know, I just really appreciate the videos on the training. Uh, we at FNO InsureTech, we like to talk a lot about InsureTech surprisingly. And we talk to companies all the time who manufacture different uh, different pieces of, of software. They dream up new ideas. They dream up new processes. We have carriers who implement it. 
but today we have an opportunity to talk to independent adjusters who actually use a lot of the software uh, that is pushed down to them, right? Many independent adjusters are not bringing new technology to the actual um, you know, process, but they're actually being told to use types of technology. What is the what is the overall view of insure tech when it comes to an IA? How does an IA look at this new world of insure tech? Well, I, from my standpoint as an independent adjuster, it's every it's always changing. I would say that over my twenty years, it's always changed. But it, in the past, we'll say three, four, five years, the rate has certainly increased. Um, I believe that's uh, due to battery technology getting faster, smaller, more powerful. You know, you can power these little smartphones that are like as powerful or more powerful than a, a desktop computer was 20 years ago for sure. And you stick it in your back pocket and the battery lasts all day. Um, that's, you know, the same thing goes with the drones, the augmented reality stuff, the machine learning stuff. Um, the I think the new iPhones are going to have like a LiDAR on them, which will oh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm sure somebody's going to be taking advantage wow. of that to uh, do interior, you know, like Matterport would certainly would take, would, would, you know, be a company that would take full advantage of that. And I'm sure they're probably working on it now. From my viewpoint, I like to think that, that as, as the technology gets better, it will enhance what we can do in the field and it will help us to do our jobs better. Right. Okay. So in other words, we'll be able to accomplish our, our mission in the field, which is when I first got started, we took pictures with the Polaroid camera and, you know, I hand wrote the activity diary hand, you know, had a paper file jacket with everything you know, that had the lost report, you know, all this FNOL on it and everything and turned that into my, my manager's office. And I remember, and I was using Xactimate then I was like, I wasn't like a hand handwritten estimate kind of guy. I was, that was just before my time, I think, <clears throat> but the essence of it is the same, right? You, you know, even if you're handwriting an estimate, you have a price list stuck in your back pocket, right? And then you just need to have the quantities of what you want to replace, multiply it by the price, by the unit cost, and mm -hmm. there's your number. And you base how you settle a claim on that number. And as we go forward and as, as different, you know, I've, in a way, a lot of the different layers of technology that kind of get added, the different, you know, pieces of software, you know, uh, working for certain companies, you may have four or five pieces of software that you have to get into or three or four uh, in order to close one claim. And that can get, that, that slows the process down. A guy with a, a, a price list rolled up in his back pocket can close a claim, you know, in half the time or less than somebody who's got to get into three pieces of software in order to get the claim uploaded and closed and documented and all that stuff. Um, so it's, in a way, I feel like there's kind of like a dark ages period. <laughs> yeah. Where, where you had to have, where it's like they, these companies, and I believe on the, it was more on the carrier side where they, they, they really want to have a proprietary tool or CMS that they use to manage all of their claims. And then they would have the, the IAs kind of work from that. They would say, well, this is, a, this is the software we use. You've got to get in there. And, you know, we had developed this for us. Um, it's not exactly the most intuitive thing. Um, but if you go, if you want to close claims, you got to know how to use it. Um, right. I believe that from what I'm seeing that that stuff is becoming more and more user-friendly, more and more intuitive, more and more with like kind of the Apple model where these are the things that you are going to use all the time and we're going to cut everything else out. We don't need to see the rest of that stuff. Um, 
right? Unless you really need to, and then here's a tab for that. Um, and as far as technology goes and, and equipment, um, yes, it is making it, things, it's possible for an insured to walk around their house with their with the FaceTime app up and have their claim scoped and get a, a, you know, a reasonably accurate estimate out of it. Um, there may be a little bit back and forth with the contractor and the supplement or whatever, but there are, you know, it's, it's easy. I, I feel like, you know, as, especially as an independent adjuster to feel a little bit protective of what we do because we're highly trained, especially, you know, those of us who, who have been doing this for a long time, you know, yeah. we have a lot of licenses. Uh, we have a lot of experience and we know this job inside and out and to have, you know, it, it can, it can feel, I would say it can feel like a threat from, from a certain angle for all of a sudden there's this new opportunity in claims where you don't have to have any of that stuff. You just need a smartphone. We're going to tell you what pictures to take. Just walk around the house with your phone up in front of you. And then here's some money. Right. And yeah. Is that, is that the, the future of adjusting or is that a subset of adjusting? Yeah. So I, I would say it's, it's a subset um, I don't know if there's any adjusters listening, <laughs> there could be some fist shaking right there, but the thing about it is, and, and I've thought about this, I believe that the carriers, and I would say for anybody else, I firms and, and anybody who's an adjuster who's vested in this industry believe, we believe that having an experienced, licensed, trained adjuster show up to an insurance house, be able to answer every question that they have be able to make a coverage decision on the spot and write them an estimate and cut them a check, hand them, hand them the money to get the work done, be able to negotiate with the contractor. That's the, that's the experience that carriers want to have for their customers that I want to give as an independent adjuster. And I think that IA firms definitely want to, to field adjusters who will do that instead of an army of people who, you know, they've found the job on Craigslist four days before. Well, so so if you say that, if you say that that's what you you believe a carrier wants, why do you think that there has been a, a transition to the inspection only, uh, leaving the highly skilled trained adjuster a lot of times at the desk uh, and asking for for photos and reports from the field? Why do you think that's happened? I personally, I think that that's happening as an effort on the part of the carrier to kind of claw back some of the quality that they may lose from having an inconsistent uh, work product from the field. Yeah, we would agree with that, I think. Yeah, there's inconsistent training. There's inconsistent, you know, the work's not necessarily consistent. So some people might fall out of it for a month or a year or two and then come back in. And, you know, the last time they touched Xactimate was 16 months ago, um, which is one of the reasons, again, why I've, I've been, you, Adjust Your TV is, is, is what it is, is to, is to maybe help sort of nudge that back the other way a little bit as far as, you know, keeping people of the right mindset about what this job is all about. And, and that's so important. When I started in this industry, the company that I worked for was actually larger than our company from a revenue standpoint and had like 12 full-time employees. Today we have, you know, depending on, you know, volume, we have around a hundred full-time employees. It just takes so much more today. Sure. To because because back when I started in the industry, the the independent adjuster would would produce the file, 
and then they would send it directly to the carrier. It wouldn't take the intervening step of coming through back through the IA company, as as I'm sure you know and you remember. Yeah. But because the quality was became such a, a profound issue, um, and there's lots of reasons for that, we now have to we now have to do the quality a quality check before it goes back to the carrier, which is, you know, a very expensive step for us. So having your adjusters be able to produce product that is similar in quality to, to the carrier is really important. Yes, absolutely. Ideally, I want to provide a uniform experience, a consistent experience for the carrier, for their customers, for sure. And that's what I would, I, you know, across the board for any any field adjuster who's an independent, um, I think that's, you know, I think that's almost a given. Sure, because 99% of the problems we get into with carriers uh, have to do with, you know, speed, right? Yeah. Going too slowly and uh, or, or, unresponsive, or unresponsiveness and the file's not complete. Yeah, inconsistency. Matt, you have a video, and I can't quote the name of it, but it talks about uh, the the death of the adjuster. Is the adjuster, I think it's the cat adjuster, is it is it going away? Based on this conversation, you don't you don't feel that way, right? You feel as though there's a need for that level of of white glove service, as you said, sure. Uh, but there's also an opportunity uh, to do virtual inspections or assist, you know, inspection only. Is that where where you see the future of insurance? adjusting going? I, I do. I think that there are certain claims that can be handled or that it's appropriate to, to handle um, virtually or even having the insured, you know, do some, do their own scoping. I mean, however, mm-hmm. those guys, you know, you just take eight pictures, right? And then you, a couple hours later, you get a full like measurements of your house. Yeah. I would say sort of to your your earlier question is it is is it going away? Well, I think about it from the perspective of, you know, having been a homeowner who has homeowners insurance, and mm-hmm. you know, having had a claim where an independent adjuster, I have a hail claim on my house, independent adjuster came out and mishandled the thing, and I knew his manager. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was furious, right? And it's, so, as as just as a as a like a member of society who, who consumes products that insurance companies sell, you know, I, I think that um, the best thing, again, going back is, is absolutely going to be, you know, a, an, uh, an adjuster who can make a decision, hand an insured a check, uh, make a coverage decision and all that stuff. And then these other tools are, are things that they use to handle large volumes of smaller claims. Like I wouldn't send out a, a VA on a fire loss, or like even a wildfire claim. I mean, that would, I think that would be ridiculous. Um, and I don't think any carrier would or I from, I don't know that that's, as far as I know, the VA thing is wind and hail, right? I don't know if you guys can tell me that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they are, you know, different carriers are, are testing out different perils, that's for sure. Wind and hail is big, but uh, small water losses and vandalism and theft, and uh, that's that's coming in, into this world as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interior. Let's uh before we end, I want to ask you about one more thing, and that's sure. the that's the D word, drones. 
How do you view drones and the IA? Do you think every IA should have a drone? And do you think drones are out there to uh, to help us? Do, do, do you think that's the future of wind and hail inspections? A lot of questions. Yeah, those are great questions. And I, this is a fun one. I have a drone and it's fun to play with. And I do videos with it and stuff. Um, this is this is how I feel about any new tool or, or technology that comes out that's you know, blows up on social media. And that is, okay, that's really cool. You know, I'm going to assess this based on what it can do to my bottom line as an independent adjuster. Because, you know, first and foremost, I am, I'm basically a, a business when I'm running claims. Um, is a drone going to help me produce a better quality product and a key, like, you, like we were just saying, faster, right? I don't believe the drone's would be like in a, in a experienced hail adjusters, pickup truck, there's not going to be a drone and like 12 batteries on a big charger in the backseat of their truck. It's just, I, I don't know, see how that could possibly be faster than by the time I get up and down off that roof, you know, and made a, a much more accurate determination whether there's hail or not, you know, AI and machine uh, learning notwithstanding, that guy's, you know, still flying his little, his, his drone around. Plus if it's high winds, if you're near an airport, if you're near a national park, if you're near a military base, you can't fly it. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I do think, I do think for sure that drones, there have been some, some losses that I've had where I was like, man, if only I had a drone to look mm-hmm. at that back slope. Cause I, it's, it's on, a, this thing's on a hill. It's a drop off. There's no way I'm getting a ladder up there. I can't get on the front of this thing. There's a tree laying across, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or it's unsafe. It's dangerous. You know, the, it's been weakened by fire. Um, I don't want to get on that roof. Then, yeah, absolutely. I think a drone, fly that thing up, get um, some snapshots for the file, and on you go. For for hazardous and and very extremely difficult to access structures, Not maybe not just roofs, but maybe structures, something you can't get to you know, directly, you could fly a drone around it. Um, but for re- for regular old wind and hail, I'm going to say, say no for me. I know that there's guys out there, I've, I've had this conversation a little bit, who will say, man, I do nine a day with my drone. No problem. I just got a bunch of batteries and it's like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, well, cool. It's, you know, <laughs> but I, I can still do that same number of claims and, you know, still be done and, and not have a, a, an extra piece of equipment that can break on me. Um, and that if I, my workflow doesn't support not using the drone, then I'm a, a little hooped. And, you know, my, the thing I think about is, is, you know, insurance companies and it, really everybody, I mean, we're averse, risk averse for the most part. So what happens the first time uh, one of those drones loses its GPS signal and starts to spin out of control because it's trying to find that signal, which I've had happen with my drone. And it's going lower and lower and lower and it, and it, and it hits someone's child right? Or their pet or the side of their house or them or their car. What happens then? I would say if it hasn't, you know, if that kind of thing happened, I could see if I ran an insurance company, I'd be like, yep, shut it down (laughs) for sure. Sure. You know, sure. Cause and it's, it's a dangerous piece of equipment. I mean, so those blades that can cut your finger right off. Yeah. If it flew (laughs) into somebody, it would hurt. Right. Oh yeah. I want to ask you one last question about Adjuster TV's involvement with different audiences. Are you guys involved with carriers at all? Do you work cooperatively with carriers or provide any content for carriers? 
Uh, currently, we are not partnering with any carriers at this time. It's it's mostly new adjusters and then, of course, IA firms who are kind of getting involved. But you, I'm not absolutely not against that at all. I'm, I'm certainly open to that. Do you connect with IA firms through Adjuster TV? Can you talk about that just real quickly? Yes. Yeah. So I attend, I try to attend a couple, at least a couple of conferences every year. I got a pocket full of business cards and my, you know, my video set up at, at every conference I go to, um, to try and grab guys and, and gals and HR directors and operations managers and CEOs and everybody else to come over and sit down and say a few words to adjust your TV and maybe answer like questions that new people kind of have. I like to get information from the horse's mouth. So people will have questions about virtual assist or they'll have questions about, you know, how much experience, how many years of experience do I have to have this, that, and the other thing? Can I do daily claims as a brand new adjuster with no experience? And I'll ask. That's, you know, well, it's, I don't, don't I'm not going to sit here and like make a video with me just talking and speculating. I want to get that information from the horse's mouth, which I feel like if I, Part of the, the the mandate that I've got for myself with Adjuster TV is to be a resource for the information, not like speculation or it's not an opinion channel. It's not a, well, I'm, I'm an adjuster and I'm going to tell you how I do everything kind of thing. If this is how we want you to, how the, the industry wants it done. This is how it's done in the industry. This, these are the opportunities that you have in the industry from people in the industry from the horse's mouth. So that could be our tagline is adjustertv.com from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, not that there's any horses on this podcast today. <laughs> uh, but listen, we we really appreciate you making time, although these days we all kind of, it seems like we all have a little more time because sure. we're not getting in our car and going many places. We're thrilled to have you on with us and, and maybe sometime you could get us on Adjuster TV. Of course, we've both been told that we both have faces that were made for podcasts. So... <laughs> I don't think that's true. I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I do have a, a, the brief interview that I did with Lee at Elevate. Um, that's true. I just am in the process of editing that. So Well, that let's... Uh, I got interviewed. You didn't, Rob. No, no that's, that's true. I wasn't asked. Um, that's true. Full disclosure. That's true. Uh, but let's get that, get it over to us and we'll sure. put it on our website. Everybody wants to know what Lee looks like. Not many people <laughs> want to know what I look like. Anyways, um, we thank you for being with us and we wish you all the best. And I'm sure that we're, our paths will cross frequently in the coming months. Awesome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. Thanks, Matt. Well, you know, usually we're talking about technology or talking about venture capital or talking about things in tech. So it's kind of interesting to pick another piece of the group that's affected by InsureTech, and that's independent adjusters. So it was good to hear from Matthew Allen. You know, we talked to him today about the users. A lot of times independent adjusters are the users of the InsureTech world. They're pushed down this new technology and told that they need to use it. So I thought it was a good a good discussion. Uh, it seems like we're all in agreement uh, that InsureTech is out there to make people's life easier, uh, we understand that not everyone agrees with that. We know that, uh, but uh, that's. I thought it was good. I thought it was good, and I think I think Matt has a really neat niche uh, with his YouTube channel. You know, I don't know if anybody here has seen his YouTube videos, but they're they're really good. He's a he's very talented. I recommend going to see him. It was uh, nice to have Matt join us all the way from Montana. It was great to have him on. And we always are trying to bring you a range of content and information, not just about companies or money, but also about those people that are affected by 
uh, or involved with InsureTech. So um, right. we thank Matt for being with us today and for illuminating that about the adjuster side. And we thank you all for being with us and hope you're being safe and hunkered down and that you all have lots of rolled paper. We were just talking about that, weren't we? <laughs> yes, we were. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Whatever, whatever that may be. In <laughs> fact, Lee just told us about uh, Saltgrass in Texas, restaurant in Texas, that yeah. is offering as takeout um, a steak and a roll of toilet paper. I read that in the paper. I, I'm 50% sure that was right. <laughs> <laughs> but like they were saying that there's not a shortage of toilet paper in the commercial world. And so all these restaurants have toilet paper. So if okay, you need some toilet paper, ask ask your next takeout. And we're 50% sure that this is a very strange, <laughs> strange way to end a podcast. So we'll do it there. And we'll, we'll, we'll go out by saying what we say every time. Goodbye, everybody.